This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So when we talk about social ills, truly one of the most challenging to get out of when you're trying to and striving to start your life is debt. Now, the Portfolio Committee was briefed by the Minister of the Department of Higher Education and Training on the state of readiness for the 2024 academic year. This meeting concluded the series of meetings held with stakeholders across the sector. The DG outlined the areas still considered to be hotspots by the department, one of them being that student debt remains at plus 16.5 billion rand. And on the ongoing problems presented by NASFAS, it experienced a shortfall after one after the 2023 academic year, a shortfall of 1.1 billion rand. Now, considering the 10% budget cut for the 2024 academic year, it's projected to be 5.5 billion. In this conversation, we explore how student debt triggers a cycle of challenges for students, who often then resort to more debt for education or during unemployment. Also, is there a correlation between youth unemployment and delayed financial independence affecting crucial milestones like home ownership and savings? If this is you in any part of your story, talk to me about acquiring debt, drowning in debt, getting out of debt, um, particularly if it was around that student uh, debt, debt for education and some of the issues that uh, you would like to raise around considerations made uh, by the various departments. Here joining us is the CEO of PS Debt Management, Paul Via Shiburi, and you can call in as well on 0861-987-000. Paul Via, it's wonderful to talk to you. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me today. I really do appreciate this time of being here. What an important conversation to have. And I wonder, maybe we start with your thoughts on the 2024 budget, um, particularly the budget cut for this academic year, um, and what impact you foresee this having. You know, one thing that I would say is that uh, when we look at the budget, you mentioned that currently we are having uh, 16.5 billion that is um, worth of dates that's owed. And now we look at date being a cycle now. Education has become very um, hard or, or rather expensive mm. to get and right now in South Africa. And that's primarily because I believe that a lot of, um, you know, the cost of living, everything, there's a lot of things that are impacting that. And a lot of parents don't have enough money, you know, to take their kids to school. They don't have enough money to even plan for educational plans, you know. And um, so now when we look at the budget that has been put into place for this year, I would say that we need to have a lot more to, you know, have to we, we have to get to a point where we, we analyze the situation and we get to a point where we look at the financial, um, you know, be realistic financially as to is it sustainable, the financial 
five billion, you know, is it sustainable right now in the economy that we currently have? Uh, we see that uh, there's a lot of uh, things that have been put into place. I believe that, yes, to some extent, education should be, uh, you know, everybody's advocating for free education. Mm. But are we able to provide free education right now in South Africa? So we, those are the things that need to be looked at um, right now and say that uh, what we are projecting, is it, you know, is, is it sustainable? Are we able to do this? But I mean, that's very interesting because we know that certain monies are put aside in the fiscus for this. Mm-hmm. And then we also know what happens yeah. in the interim. I mean, NASVIS itself has been under the spotlight for a variety mm-hmm. of misconduct, misappropriations, mm-hmm. people looting, etc. and so forth. So is it that we are without or is it that we are mismanaged? You know what, uh, as a, I'm not a politician, um, as a date councillor, I would say that, you know, there's a lot of misappropriation of funds and uh, we, we don't need to look far. We can see it by how things are being conducted right yeah. now. And it's so evident that uh, there's a lot of money that that's being, you know, um, in, pro- in, in, in correctly used. And uh, and unfortunately, the students are the ones that are suffering. Mm-hmm. And now we, we need to get to a point where we really, as South Africans, do take some sort of stand, at, you know, towards this. Because we do have, we have to, okay, I mean, children are our future. Yeah. And we need to get to a point where we are able to make sure that they get the best life better than what we uh, have um, and, and, and way made better than what our parents had. Mm. So it, it's really about just standing together and, and looking at this and, and, you know, the state being responsible as well, you know, and, and having some sort of transparency uh, with their finances as well. Yeah. Um, I keep reading that ours is the first generation that earns more but can afford less mm-hmm. than our parents, the first generation in yeah. history. And the burden of that is so huge that sometimes even if your parents are able to put something mm-hmm. aside for you and if you're able to acquire some level of a loan, there's still a gap that you need to fill. True. So what I've seen a lot, and we all have, is crowdfunding, mm-hmm. that students – try to raise funds for their outstanding fees. Mm -hmm. I wonder what other alternatives are available. You know, um, they are. Uh, firstly, I would like to get the, to the point that you mentioned that currently we are a generation where we earn more. However, we're not able to afford much. Uh, I recently read an article on, on it. It was quite interesting when I looked at the, the, the numbers yeah. that, uh, you know, from the income brackets of 20,000 to 35,000, um, 61% of that income is to service their debt repayments. And when we look at 35,000 going up, mm. 71% is to service their debt. So this means that now there is not much to live on. There is really not much to live on. And yes, crowdfunding, um, it, it, it's one of the things that people can look at. But we also need to look at the longevity of it. Is it sustainable? You know, you find that people, there's some students who are able to, you know, um, access some money for, for the first year. But they need to get to third year, you know. They get to a point where they are not able to graduate because they're still owing fees. Yeah. And, uh, you know, certain things are being withheld, uh, you know, so their certificates. Mm. And because 
of they still need to repay back that money. And now after the three year of, of, of working so hard and trying to, you know, trying to bury yourself, then you are now faced with another challenge of unemployment. Now it, it sort of takes us back. Yeah. Now, when I take out that student loan and look at the higher rate of unemployment, mm. is it really worth it to, you know, you start to think twice. Is it really worth it to take out that student loan and be so and be educated, but then again, end up unemployed and with the debt that I still need to pay uh, of, 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 of the student loan? So it's 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 tricky. It's a very tricky <laughs> one. It's a very tricky one because at the same time you can't necessarily say try and work first yeah. and save first because what is the quality of mm-hmm. that job or that income that you're going to get? True. Can I circle back to something that you just mentioned? Um, uh, you know, in those two income brackets, mm-hmm. it's over fifty percent of people's income yeah. goes to servicing their debt. Are we over indebted? South Africa is is over indebted. South yeah. Africans are over indebted. Um, I, I remember last year when we looked at the stats, we you know as state councillors, we do have our own uh, states that we also conduct as well to see yeah. how many inquiries have been made, um, throughout the year. And you'll be surprised that just above half of the population is over indebted. And now, a funny thing is that when we look at look at those two income brackets that I've just mentioned, um, when we so we saw that forty two percent of the two income brackets goes towards unsecured debt. Now, by unsecured debt, we mean anything that has, you know, you, there's no collateral towards it. So this is like your credit cards, your loans, overdraft and, and so forth. And a lot of people, are, when you look at the number of things that we people are owing, uh, there's not even, you can't even say it's all for home loan. Mm. Home loan is a very low percentage, right. very low percentage. Uh, mostly it's just about, you know, um, your personal loans, overdrafts, credit cards, uh, revolving credit plans, store cards, you name them all. So what does that say about how we regard money, A, um, our needs, B, mm-hmm. and the almost willy-nilly use of debt. The, no, no, no. Let me not blame the consumer. The availability, the ease at which we are given debt. I mean, that's so true. Um, one of the things that we do as debt counselors is that we investigate reckless lending, you know. And but we we to get to a point where you actually prove that this was reckless lending, it's also very tricky as okay. well because both consumers and credit providers don't make it easy for us. We request, uh, you know, documentation to see how the assessment or the initial assessment was done. But you find that as well as consumers, we do not disclose all of the things that we are paying. There are some things that yes, uh, deduct on payslip or we can easily visible on bank statements but the other things that we still pay for that uh, we, we know that are not disclosed early in early stages but I would say that the easy accessibility of, of, of getting a loan or getting credit it's really alarming you may find that you've got certain accounts with bank A and they just randomly call you one day it's to say that hey you qualify for 50,000 and now you the thought of that 50,000 you're thinking okay I can take it and use it for something else but you really don't need it at that time nor can you afford it at yes. that time so you then take it out with the hope that uh, you know I'll find a way to to repay it if they call me that means I can afford it but you can yeah. afford it you know on based on the criteria that's yeah. being used but not necessarily with reality I mean you know once you've burnt your fingers a few times um, and you've got the knowledge mm-hmm. I mean these are the things that we're still 
falling prey yeah. to. So even more so, imagine a young person who for the first time mm-hmm. is thinking about getting some debt or, you know, being exposed to these things. I mean, let's talk about some some specific strategies, things to think about before entering into debt for education. You know, first things we need to look at, um, I would always say that you uh, recently I, I read an article that says that uh, when it comes to education, there are certain uh, industries or if, if industry is the right word uh, that, you know, one can look at, um, you know, everybody is going for the same thing nowadays. Uh, okay. We're all studying the same thing, but there's certain uh, professions that really actually are not really given attention to, such as agriculture. Um, everybody Everybody wants to do it's either you want to be a doctor you want to do accounting uh, it's 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 you know those are the primary ones that you currently have but there are certain um, professions that people can still go to you know study for and they're able to obtain you know a, a job easier as compared to other professions and these are some of the things that we need to look at I know it does it seems like but I'm not doing what I want to do you know I'm just going for the second option and not going for what I really want to do but it sometimes it, it I would say that it does help because remember that right now we are facing such a huge uh, percentage of unemployment that even after obtaining that uh, degree, that diploma, you're not guaranteed uh, employment. So how about maybe look at different options that you can, uh, you know, you can go for, um, you know, in terms of studying. They normally, when you apply, they would ask you, for you know, the first option, the second option. Maybe try to, a lot of consumer students can try to look at that and see what can I do that's closer Mm. you know to that that is not deviating from what I initially wanted to do and then how can I plan for that you know and again student uh, com, I mean student funding uh, we, we notice that uh, with a lot of uh, you know these commercial banks as well yeah. they do give out however um, they also have limits to how much they can provide are you talking about loans uh, yes commercial mm-hmm. loans mm-hmm. yeah and then commercial banks and so, and so they, there's so much that they can also do only do and also remember that it's not just about the tuition it, there's also a Accommodation. There's also food. All all these things need to be, you know, put into consideration when you take out a loan. If the tuition is it's, it's eighty thousand, you need about hundred and fifty, uh, uh, you know, to make sure that you cover yeah, accommodation, yeah, yeah, cover yeah. Yeah. transport, all those all those things. And you know, it, it it's become hard. It's become hard for for South Africans to just live, you know, a normal life. Going to school has become so expensive. And uh, but we I believe that we, we need to get to a point where we are able to stand together. Mm. And because I believe that the funds are there, they're just being misappropriated. Mm. The number to dial is zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. Take me back to your tertiary days. Let's talk about debt, debt for education or debt during unemployment or even debt that you incurred during your time in education. I've told that story on a regular basis about the um, clothing shop that came to our university and offered us credit. And then I took it and I shopped and I took it (laughs) and I shopped and I never paid anything back (laughs) until I was in massive, massive debt at the time. And what a wake up call Mm -hmm. that was to me um, at that time. And fortunately, it was something like 1,800 Rand rather than 82,000 rand. Yeah. So, so talk to me about, um, you know, your experiences. I'd love to hear from you on 0861987000. Earlier you had mentioned in the pre-planning phases as 
guardians and parents educational plans for our children. Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of criticism about education policies, you know, policies that are created, all the Mm -hmm. different banks, all the different, you know, institutions have these policies. Um, Tell me what your thoughts are about them. And then also what would a better alternative kind of savings function be? Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to educational plans, um, you know, uh, as a debt debt counselor, we we have like uh, certain limits to, you know, um, educating on that. However, what I believe is that with every educational plan, there is pros and cons. Mm. We need to understand what the pros are, what the cons are before signing into that. And remember that this is an educational plan. It's not necessarily to make you, uh, you know, become rich. You know, it's just for the education to say that, uh, you know, you're putting money aside. And then maybe after um, 18 years or 21 years, 18 years rather, um, you can go back and, you know, claim that money back. But how many... uh, I believe that they they do work. However, we do need to understand what we're getting into uh, because you find I've, I've seen a lot of criticism about that as well mm. to say that, no, but they don't work. I only got 42,000 whereas I've been paying for, for, for 10 years or 18 years, whatever the case is. I believe that there is some sort of stipulation, stipulations in the contract that you're signing or um, any agreement that you're having. Um, look at the agreement, understand the agreement and remember just like with your normal policies as well, whether it's a life cover whether it's a funeral cover we do have a lot of you know um, um, we do have a lot of terms and conditions that we don't necessarily go through them but I think we we need to get to a point where we understand entirely what it's all about so so Interest is very important. Yes, interest. The power of con- mm-hmm. compound interest, what that means for your monthly mm-hmm. repayments is also important. Yeah. So so if you start at 50 rand by in, <laughs> in 10 years time, it's not going to be it's that It's not going to be that. Yeah. And if you want it to be 50 rand, that's why you're going to get 40,000 mm-hmm. rand at the end True. of 18 years. Um, and then things like fees, right? These policies have fees that we don't look at the T's and C's mm-hmm. of the fees and things of that nature. So are we saying perhaps... In conjunction with these other mm-hmm. issues of mismanagement and, you know, things that are are, are done to us, mm-hmm. there also is an element of the necessity for financial education. There is. I, I, I strongly agree with, uh, you know, financial education, yeah. you know, financial literacy. We, we need it. Uh, we are at a point where South Africans, we need to be educated about money yeah. and not just about, you know, because a lot of people, um, you know, they... they, they, they Take it one day at a time. You learn about money when you're 30 years old. By that time, you don't have enough time to rectify all the errors that you have done with regards to money, you know, Um, because life is evolving. Life is moving on. We need to be get to a point where we financial literacy is taught from a very young age, you Mm. know. subjects about money need to be introduced you know even in primary school so that when you get to high school and tertiary you have a clue as to what you know how money works Paul Via, grab your headphones. Um, they're right there next to you as we speak to our callers on the line on zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. Hi Garabo. Hi, good afternoon. How are you guys? Very well and you? Good, good. I wanted to find out uh, from your guest mm. that since all there is this perception that there's uh, the scarcity of engineers, doctors, accountants, and many others. And why would our brothers and sisters, as soon as they complete their degrees or diplomas, they still fail to get employment? Mm. That's question number one. And number two, 
I, I so wish that our education system could be transformed in a sense that when you are in tertiary or even at high school level, they should start teaching people about being entrepreneurs. Because now we learn the theory all the way, and that theory we take it over to tertiary and still we don't apply it at our workplace. So it's, it's, it's something that I feel it's not well structured, you know, because I can't imagine having to spend, let's say for an example, I just took my daughter to, to Cape Town now. Mm. I'll be spending about 200000 a year. Oh, that's her fees, her eating, tuition, accommodation. Then after four years of degree, I would have spent over, let's say, 800000 mm. Hey, just imagine that miner could have invested on opening a franchise that could be giving money, you know, or even for yourself, for, for that matter. I mean, these are all very important Mm -hmm. aspects of the education and spending cycle, Garabo. Thank you very much. After four years, isn't that 1.6 million? That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) And I I do understand uh, franchises, okay, maybe not now, but, you know, any one of these fly-throughs with the fried chicken, Mm -hmm. this is the kind of money that you're looking to invest in. Is entrepreneurship really the answer? Everyone's like, oh, entrepreneurship, is it really the answer? You know, um, I always say that um, there are some people, not everybody can do business. Hmm. That's the reality. And uh, wants to. Or wants to no. do it. Yeah. You find that people who are not interested in unemployment, they'd rather work for someone. And, and that's okay. Whatever yes. that works for you. And uh, but, but what I'd say is that I agree with what he mentioned that can't entrepreneurship at least be taught at school as well? Mm. Because these are some of the things that, uh, you know, we need to be taught about. Even as entrepreneur, you, you start to learn a lot when you're actually running a business. And then that's when you realize that I don't know much. Maybe I probably should have done one, two, three at a later stage, you know, but but I would say that what, what works for you, um, it, it, it's it's the best, uh, you know, not entrepreneurship will work for, for everybody, yeah. but we need to get to a point where we are taught financial literacy because that is something that we come across in life. Everybody gets, we all learn about money. We need to, I mean, it's a daily thing that we use. How about we just invest more in it and, uh, you know, look at how money can be, how you can handle money. How, how how to deal with money and and not necessarily from an accounting perspective as sure. well because personal uh, finance. yeah personal yeah. finance uh, you know that helps go a long way because when you're able to have all these uh, you know this 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 knowledge when it comes to financial literacy mm. um, we are able to plan better with everything that we do in life mm, absolutely and not to to rubbish the point Garabo about entrepreneurship mm. I think that there's a lot from entrepreneurship that even if you're climbing the corporate ladder absolutely will help how you structure your finances, how you structure the way that you interact in the work environment. So I I agree with you 100%. You know, my age old question, Fano, what is in the curriculum in LO? (laughs) What do they teach in LO? Is that not part of LO? Hello, teachers, stand up. Come and tell me what it is, because we often hear this yeah. uh, about what happens in school, and I'd love to know how it is being introduced. Okay, we have run out of time, but I think what I'm going to do is keep you for a bit, if you don't mind. Let's find out what's happening in the headlines, and then we've got another question via voice note, and then we'll wrap up our conversation, okay? We've got uh, CEO of PS Debt Management, Paul Vyashiwuri. We're talking about tertiary students and the vicious cycle of debt. It's one thirty. Weekdays 12 to 3 p.m. This is Power Lunch on Power 98.7.
We're in studio with the CEO of PS Debt Management, Paul Via Shiburi. And uh, we're talking about debt management from a tertiary student point of view. Getting into the conversation, we spoke a little bit about the ongoing problems uh, through NASFIS and the Portfolio Committee briefed by the Minister of the Department of Higher Education and Training, uh, talking to stakeholders across the sector, outlining areas still considered as hotspots. And one of them, of course, is student debt, which is ever rising and so high. We spoke a little bit um, with Paul Via Shiburi about educational plans, and I believe that this voice note speaks to that. Hi, Bobby. <clears throat> Manja here again. Um, so I, I hear about education policies, and one thing that I was told by my financial advisor was, uh, it's, look, it's, it's good either way, but uh, education policies are not financial um, savvy because the moment you, it does mature, it has to go straight to the uh, academic uh, place that you try and take your kid to, uh, which means that it's your money, but you don't have control of where it goes. You don't get money back. It gets paid directly. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe an opinion on actual education policies. For me, it doesn't make sense. I was told not to go there. I didn't go there. I rather went the unit trust uh, way. That's the first that I hear of there. Yeah, uh, it's the first time I hear of that. Mm. But on, on, on a different scale, though, I, I believe there's a reason why um, mm-hmm. that's been done. Yep. If the money only goes towards, uh, it's an educational plan at the end of the day, the money is supposed to go towards that, uh, you know, paying the tuition. And I think you said that it only goes to, they don't give you the money. Mm. I mean, uh, isn't that better? What if if the money is paid, it's paid towards, because we, we need to look at, um, having the money paid back to us, how many of us actually will pay that money towards tuition? Mm. Discipline, comrades, <laughs> discipline. <laughs> this is where it's at. Thank you, Mandla, for bringing that up. I, I, I do think that mm. that's a very, very important mm. point. Um, and so it's interesting. I think we, we must have more conversations about what savings vehicles are available mm-hmm. um, and what it means for your different debt and money personality types. Okay, so who is your client who should come to PS debt management Paulvia PS debt management we are looking at assisting consumers that are overindebted you know by overindebted we mean that as soon as your 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 debts exceed your income or after paying your obligations you're not left with much to live on you are the right candidate to come for debt counseling uh, because what we do with debt counseling is that we just you know put all your instruments together make sure that you are able to pay back the your debt obligations while at the same time being able to to live and still be able to maintain you know a, a healthy lifestyle also if you are also in arrears um, we also safeguard your assets from being repossessed so that means that when you are in arrears with your car with your house you can come to us and we can help you so that they do not get repossessed okay well give us the details on how we can find you um you can find us on uh, you know um our landline is 012 023 we do have a whatsapp line it's 073 
0786-586-2364. We are also available. Our website is www.psdebtmanagement.co.za. Facebook, it's PS Debt Management. And Instagram, it's ps.debtmanagement. Wonderful. Well, really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks for coming through. Thank you so much for having me. Paul Via Shiburi talking to us about tertiary student debt. Paul Via, of course, is the CEO of PS Debt Management. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.